This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Uh, a bit of good news, actually. I know not even a bit. This is like significant uh, development. Cabinet says that uh, uh, it says they said they're pleased that the South African police has nearly cleared the DNA testing backlog at its forensic uh, serv- forensic service laboratories. Addressing a post cabinet media briefing held in Pretoria yesterday, the minister in the presidency, Monty Gungubele, said this breakthrough will ensure that gender-based violence-related cases are speedily resolved. Mr. Gungubele also announced that the SAPS has added additional DNA testing capacity with the completion of a forensic laboratory in Kabeja in the Eastern Cape, which is expected to ease pressure on existing laboratories in the Western Cape. Um, let's speak to Regional Director of DNA for Africa, Dr. Vanessa Lynch. Good morning to you and thanks so much uh, for joining us. Dr. Vanessa Lynch, are you there? Uh, Dr. Vanessa Lynch, uh, she's on joining us on Zoom there. Are you there, Dr. Hi, Vanessa? Sorry, I was... Good morning, can you hear me? Yes, did you mute yourself? I did, I did. I'm sorry. Mm. Hi, good morning to be so. Apologies. I did hear you though. Thank you. No worries. Okay, let's start to hear first with this announcement from the uh, minister here about uh, the breakthrough, or at least the progress that's been made in clearing the DNA backlog. What would be, uh, what what is it that uh, has been done then to achieve this? Uh, What has changed in the system? Is it additional capacity or what has happened? So um, I think that we have to just First of all, clarify that it's not the total backlog that is being cleared. Mm. They ring-fenced the backlog in November 2021. They said this is the number of the backlog, and they've been systematically reducing from that number. The total backlog is probably still close to 60,000 cases. So, so we, 60, we, must, have, we yeah. must give but we must give credit where credit's due because we've moved from 250,000 down. But the backlog has been reduced, and um, they, they obviously were under great pressure when they got themselves into the situation, which was mm. largely due to a withdrawal of funding from the government, um, lack of maintenance. They weren't able to access consumables to process the DNA samples. So with, with reinstating the contracts and providing more funding to the, gov- uh, to the forensic science laboratory, they mm. were able to then get the laboratories moving again and really focus on processing those cases. Mm. So that's really why there's been movement. The, 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 what we have to also understand, and, and I'm not, I mean, we have to, as I said, we, you know, we have to commend them for, for getting through it. Right. But there, there needs to be slightly more transparency with, the, with regards to these numbers. Um, a lot of cases are simply closed because either they've been kicked out the court due to, due to the long delay already, mm. or they haven't got a good enough sample to analyze or they might not have um, got a good result. So they've, they've, there's actually simply no result in it. Mm. So th- I, don't, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that all 220,000 cases were resolved and DNA was used. Mm. Um, we don't know how many, but, but laboratories even worldwide do have this uh, knack of 
saying, oh, well, we've cleared our backlog, but not necessarily showing which ones have been closed and which ones have actually been processed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's good for us to keep pressure on the government that they that they give us transparency. Um, but the good news is the National Prosecuting Authority, which is always a good check and balance, has said that they are seeing cases coming through from the laboratory, which they're able to now use in court. And that's good news for us. Right. Now, just to be clear, in what cases, I know that the minister made reference to gender-based violence cases, but uh, in yes. which cases uh, um, uh, is the DNA uh, sampling mostly used? Just give us a sense of uh, when DNA sampling actually becomes uh, useful in criminal investigations here. Well, this is a great question because obviously in sexual violence cases, it, there's no greater evidence than, than DNA evidence because there's so much evidence that can be taken from a survivor's mm. body or from the crime scene. I mean, you've got saliva, you've got hair, you've got blood, um, you've got hair, yeah, I mentioned hair, but but, mm. but there's a lot of, there's a, it's, it's very violent and it's a very physical act mm. and it's very difficult for somebody to say when they when they find their DNA um, other than them saying it's consensual, which in a, which in a rape clearly isn't. Um, so th- that's why prosecutors really do um, hope that there's a good DNA result that they can use. But recently, um, I was actually just at a dinner party and a, a friend of mine said, you know, the SAPs phoned me. Um, I had a burglary in 2017 and the perpetrator spat on the floor and they took a sample and they put it on the database, not mm-hmm. knowing who it was. And they recently arrested a suspect on an unrelated offense. Wow. And his DNA profile matched the the sample from my burglary that they took when they collected the split from the floor and would I be able to testify? So I was like, wow, this is great news for South Africa because now we are starting to understand Mm. that perpetrators don't just commit one type of crime. Mm. That person could also be linked to several rapes. Mm. Um, That person is also a serial offender. And the earlier identification of perpetrators through our database is what we're looking for. So we really can use it for all types of crimes, but obviously for highly violent crimes, this is very useful. So good on you, Saps, if you're listening, that you were able to, from 2017, um, link um, somebody to a case um, through DNA. What kind of, how substantial is our database or our DNA bank um, in this country? And is it, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, to what extent is it actually helpful in criminal prosecutions? I mean, you've just cited a case where I think if, uh, you know, if that were the standard, we would uh, be having a, enjoying much more success in criminal prosecutions here. Yeah, for sure. And that's why we always, we've just recently had the convicted offender bill. Actually, today it's the operation day to collect all DNA samples from convicted offenders. So the bigger your database the, the greater chance you have of linking um, a, a case to a perpetrator. I mean, we've, we've, we've seen, because we've got a large database, it's over a million profiles, and, and we must continue to build on it, that um, there was a person who was um, a convicted offender who was arrested for a, um, a common assault, and his profile linked to 50 rapes. Now, that's a serial offender mm. who would have continued if we had not linked him, and that was unrelated. So it's a very, very effective tool. Um, instead of just looking at a case-by-case basis where somebody mm. could be arrested in one police station for, as I said, a common assault, but actually without the database, we would not have known that he's a, a monster serial rapist. So so there, that, that shows you that the more 
we are able to um, put profiles onto the database from arrestees, from all convicted offenders, um, as well as continue to load crime scene samples, like I mentioned, from a burglary, from obviously from rape survivors, if they're willing to provide samples, um, the greater chance we have of, of actually linking these crime scene samples to people, because we have serial offenders in South Africa. Mm. The guys that mm. are being arrested are not there for one-time offences. So we really need to encourage, um, you know, the, the police to continue. Yeah. But this is this seems to be working, which yeah. is a, which is good news. <laughs> yeah. But you know, how useful can DNA, uh, you know, um, evidence be in a country where we have so many people that are not documented, you know, that are undocumented? Where even if we do have their samples, we would have no way of actually, you know, tracing who they are. Because uh, I don't know to what extent we would even collect uh, some DNA samples of people that happen to be foreign nationals uh, who are undocumented in this country. Well, you're talking about something completely different. You're talking about a population database, which we don't have. Mm. The, the, the way this will work is that all you're doing is you're actually looking for an individual with that DNA profile. Mm-hmm who perpetrated or who was present at the crime scene. We can't say just because they were there that they actually committed the crime. Sure. But when a person is arrested, irrespective of whether they're a foreign national or not, and their DNA sample is taken and the profile, I mean, obviously the resultant profile is added to the DNA um, database. If that links to crime scenes, that person's under arrest, irrespective of whether they're a national or not, that profile has been taken. The same with a convicted offender. When that person has been sampled and that profile is entered onto the data, database, irrespective of whether they're undocumented, that person with that profile was present at that crime scene. Mm. So we can also pick up, even when we don't have a perpetrator, that on the database we might see that there are 30 rapes. We don't yet have a perpetrator, but it has been perpetrated by the same person. So again, you know, once a person has been arrested, irrespective of what they say their identity is, their DNA profile doesn't lie, and that's all they're looking at. You know, unless you're an identical twin, no other person okay. in the world is going to have the same DNA profile. Uh-huh. And that's why it's so useful. Uh-huh. Vanessa Lynch, thank you so much for coming through. I appreciate your time. Thanks to be so. All the best. <laughs> that's Dr. Thanks. Vanessa Lynch. She's the regional director of DNA for Africa, reflecting on what uh, the announcement made yesterday by the uh, following the cabinet min- meeting that. Uh, the South African police have uh, nearly cleared the DNA testing backlog, but she was just placing those numbers in context for us. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.